Hey there, this is Lisa Atkins, and this is the 25. It's a bigger bite of goodness to wrap up the five and five on a particular topic for thriving in the modern world of work. This five and five is about values, specifically how to use your values to make confident decisions, lever up to your next level, and chart your path to fulfillment at work. Values. We all have them. They are things like balance, authenticity, order, freedom, kindness, achievement, flow, and on and on and on. Some of us know what our values are. Some have never thought about it, and some use them consciously every day. Regardless of how you use them, or whether you've never thought much about it until now, values are there, guiding your actions and acting as a barometer to tell you whether or not you're fulfilled and satisfied in your work. In this 5 and 5, I'll offer you 5 ways to use values to thrive in the modern world of work. First up, using your values to create core stability. Boy, I tell you, I think we have learned that far fewer things are as stable as we used to think they were. Lots of things are falling away. Lots of things have become more uncertain as the speed of change has sped up and as things are coming at us so quickly these days. So using your values as a way to create core stability makes a lot of sense, right? If you can identify a core value, let's say reverence, for example, reverence for life, reverence for the human life in particular, then when you encounter ideas in your work world, you'll know whether they fit or not. For example, if I hold the idea that reverence is one of my core values, and then someone says to me, all people are naturally creative, resourceful, and whole, I might go, hmm, okay, well, that sort of makes sense. On the other hand, someone says to me, oh, we need more headcount because people are resources and they're assets for us to use. I might go, hmm, not so much. That one doesn't really match with my core values. So in this way, I can discern, am I living my life and my work world in a way that is in integrity for me? For me, reverence is important. Reverence for life in particular is paramount. A core value. It's a place for me to sort of come home to when I feel like I've gotten lost a little bit. When I feel like I've gotten inducted into a system that uses people like resources and just chews them up. Now, I might be able to survive in a system like that for a while, or an organization like that, but probably not forever. So it's a way for me to detect, is this the right place? Is this the right situation? Are these the right people for me, for what I need as my core stability in my life? It tells me a lot about how likely I am to be fulfilled in a place that does or does not match my core values. My core values also give me a way to hold on to something that is essential, that is essentially me when everything else is falling away. Because at any moment, even in an organization that doesn't match my core value of reverence for life, even in that situation, I can always choose to act in accordance with that value more of the time. So let me leave you with an inquiry. 
An inquiry is a question that you put on the back burner and you let simmer for a while. You hold it in your head and you see how many different answers you come up with for it. Here's the inquiry. Ask yourself these questions and put them on the back burner. What is one core value that I hold? And how is it supporting me as a place to come home to or a place to hold on to something essential? about myself. Here's the second way. Using values to navigate complexity. Let's face it, there are hardly any simple decisions anymore. Hardly anything that we can make hard and fast rules for and know what to do all the time. One of the great things about this modern era is that we now have more facility in taking on different perspectives, our own, other people's, even the perspectives of systems or organizations or whole societies. So that is great. And it's incredibly complex. So you can use statements of value to help you navigate this complexity. It says, I value this thing, but I value this other thing more. So it's a relativistic comparison of values. The classic example of this is the Agile Manifesto. Go to agilemanifesto.org and you will see four statements. And they essentially say, we value this over that. Here's an example. We value individuals and interactions over processes and tools. And what this allows us to do is that in a situation where we don't know what to do, where it's super complex, we can just say, hey, I value X over Y. I value individuals and interactions over processes and tools. So more often than not, I'm going to err on the side of individuals and interactions. So that helps us. Now let's look a little deeper. What's really going on here is a continuum between those two things. Not that you will always choose X or always choose Y, but that the answer lies somewhere between. In fact, the answer lies in the tension that is created when you have to hold those two things in your mind at the same time and simply ask yourself, how much of each is appropriate or necessary in this specific situation? So this is the way that these statements of value can help us. When in doubt, choose X, choose the one you value more. If you can handle the tension, if you can handle sitting in the uncertainty for a little bit, you might imagine sort of a slider between those two things. How much of this one do we need? How much of this other one do we need? And of course, there's no hard and fast rule that's gonna change for every situation. So let's take this to the personal level. Let's say that I have a statement of values that says, I value collaboration, over individual work. Okay, now will I always collaborate or will I always choose individual work? No, of course not. I want to be flexible, but I also want to know what I value more because there are some times that I might get drawn to do something individually when it really should be done more collaboratively. So I'm using that statement of preference to help me move into a way of being that I want to do more often. I want to collaborate more often. I want to open myself up to the difficulty and the joy and the grind and the genuine triumphs that collaboration can bring. 
even though sometimes I wish I could just go into a corner and create by myself. These relativistic statements of value, I value x over y, help remind me of what I'm going for. So here's the inquiry for you. What are you going for? What is the new thing you're trying to bring more of into your work life such that you can create an I value X over Y statement? See how it can help you navigate the situations where there's not a right answer, where it's fairly complex, and where you might feel stuck. And see how it benefits you. See if it can help you get unstuck. Here's the third way. Using values to make decisions with confidence. We make decisions all the time, and oftentimes our decisions are on autopilot, or they're automatic, or maybe even subconscious. We make the same sorts of decisions we've made before, and it's based on our past history. When you get clear about what your values are that are pulling you into the future, then a powerful compass can get set and that compass can be inside of you as a way to make decisions about what's in line with those values and what's not. And you can think about it this way, is that you're using that compass to say yes to the things you're now unwilling to say no to. Things that maybe have bigger impact or a larger sphere of concern. Things that are moving you forward into the type of person you want to be, into the type of teammate you want to be, into the type of leader you want to be. So let's say that one of those things on your compass is impact. One of the values you're going for is more impact. From there, you can figure out what types of things match that and what types of things don't. So when something comes along that doesn't match that impact, maybe it's a very nice offer to work on a new team or to lead some other function, but it doesn't match the depth or the width of the impact you want. It's easy to say, I must say no to what you're asking because I'm saying yes to this other thing. Well, maybe not easy, but clearer and more straightforward. And now you have a very clear reason why you're saying no to something else, especially if it's that something else that you might really want to do. It's sort of fun, it's sort of easy, but it's actually not in line with the future you're wanting for yourself. It would be easy to just sort of slip into the old habit and say yes, or maybe even say an implicit yes to that that you don't even say out loud to yourself. Instead, knowing what your values are and allowing them to be used as a compass gives you a way to create space and conscious choice and choose more often toward what you want more of. When I make decisions from my internal compass of values, I feel clear about it. I feel calm about it. And I usually feel pretty confident about it. Now that doesn't mean that I won't have to work with my saboteurs that come up as soon as I get close to something I really want. You can bet my saboteurs are going to rise their heads and give me all kinds of reasons why I can't, why I shouldn't, why I oughta. One of those saboteurs for me is the specter of disappointing people. So I will have to deal with that still, but at least I have a really good reason for dealing with it. It's for the sake of my values, for the sake of what I want. When I do this over and over, it creates more external consistency as well. 
because people know what I'm about. You can use this same values compass to look at your role. What are the things in your role right now that are really values aligned and what are the things that are not? That forms a really strong place from which to have the negotiations and the courageous conversations that might be brewing in the wings. So here's the inquiry for you. It's actually just a bit of play. Just for fun, pick a value that you'd like to stretch into. Maybe it's not something you want forever, but you want to just play with it a little bit and use that value to make conscious decisions just for a day just to get a little fun practice. Here's the fourth way. Using values to create insight and action when you face challenging events. All right, challenging events. So just start thinking of what some of these are in your own work world. These are places where you feel hurt or frustrated or betrayed or aggravated. There are also places where you might be complaining in your head, where someone else out there needs to change. They're the reason why you can't do what you want to do or be what you want to be. So those are the types of challenging events I'm talking about. And they can be really good moments to look a little bit deeper to figure out what value of mine is getting stepped on. In fact, that's a classic question. When someone is complaining, to ask them, what value is getting stepped on? When someone comes to you and says, I feel frustrated or aggravated, well, what value of yours is getting stepped on? Now, that's actually a question that a lot of people can't answer, and that's okay. It just means we need to dig a little deeper. So the reason for digging for values that are getting stepped on when something isn't going your way or nagging at you is because if you can identify the value then that opens up a world of new possibilities and responses to the situation that weren't there before. So let's get back to how to identify the value. Here are some other ways in. Just imagine in your mind, you've got a situation where you're frustrated or you're complaining a lot. Someone else is doing something to you. So just for a moment, drop that whole story and ask yourself questions like this. In the beginning, how did I want it to be? Or how did I imagine this would go? Allow yourself to move into what you actually wanted. Another place to look is your emotions. Our emotions are signals telling us, hey, pay attention over here. So look at your emotions. Do you feel sad, betrayed, frustrated, marginalized? Identify an emotion and then ask, what is the value underneath this emotion that's not being fully honored? Is it humility, compassion, determination, justice, recognition? Let's look at anger specifically, because it's an emotion a lot of people avoid, yet it can be a really important warning system. Anger might indicate that your boundary has been crossed. So if you have anger arising, something good to ask yourself is, what value got stepped on that lets me know a boundary might have been crossed? Did your autonomy get stepped on? Maybe your value of freedom or order? Or did your value of fairness get stepped on? Any of these things and many more could be underneath that emotion of anger that's just trying to give us a signal. Okay, so what then? What after you have identified your value should you do? The answer is to make requests. 
make requests of other people so that you can get more of that value coming true in your work life and make requests of yourself. Let's say a situation has arised and you feel like your value of fairness has gotten stepped on. After thinking about it for a little bit longer and getting clear about what you wanted to happen in that situation, you might then be able to go to that person and say, look, I have a value of fairness and it got compromised in the way the situation was handled. And here's what I need going forward. Are you willing to do that? Now, you might also need to make a request of yourself. That's the sneaky part. Almost all the time, there's a request of yourself up underneath this. If fairness was the value that got trampled on for you, where were you not being fair? Maybe you weren't being fair to yourself. Maybe your request to yourself is to be a little bit kinder. Or maybe you realize you weren't really being fair to this other person, that you were working on a bunch of assumptions that may or may not have been true, and it's worth it to go check it out with them. So this is another way to use your values to thrive in the modern work world. When things happen to us that are challenging or difficult, we don't have to just live with them. We can design how those situations can be better in the future using the clues from our values. Here's the fifth way, using values to lever up to your next level. Your next level is whatever is going on in your work world that is telling you it's time for an expansion or it's time for a deepening, something needs to change. So if nothing needs to change, awesome, don't worry about this. But usually for most people, something is wanting to change. Maybe you're taking on an expanded role Maybe you realize that the world is way more complex than it used to be and you need to improve your own complexity to be a match for it. So it could be anything. It's the feeling inside of you that you aspire to be a little bit more than you are today. And that's the way we use these values. We use aspirational values to help us lever up to the next level. So let's talk about aspirational values for a moment. They're values, just like any other values, but they're things that are not yet here full-time in the way you believe and act and be in the world. And they're things that you want more of. Those aspirational values help you visualize and have a language for your future state of greatness. They help you set the intention for what you're going for. You have no idea if they're true yet, in fact, you might know that they're not very true at all, but you need them to be true. You just know you want them or you need them more if you are going to reach this next level of development. That's up for you. Once you've identified the value or values that you want more of, it's useful to check in regularly. See how well you're doing at stepping into them. That's always the question I love to ask people. How well are you stepping into that value that you want more of? What behaviors, what habits, what beliefs are you creating that allow you to step into that value more often to make that aspiration be true more of the time? So eventually, as you do this and as you specifically transparently identify the value and the behaviors and habits and beliefs that are helping you have more of it in your life, that aspiration moves to a lived value and it just becomes part of you. 
So this is one way to use aspirational values to help you lever up to a new level. And when you get to that level, those values are lived values. They're part of you. You're stably at that new level. Another way to use aspirational values is to help yourself in a temporary time frame. I was in a 10 Women Strong program once, and the thing I was working on for the season of spring in that particular year was dealing with a huge change in my business. It was appropriate that the season was spring because it felt like a lot of spring cleaning. And in fact, some of the metaphors I had about that time were sweeping the temple, cleaning the floors. A really supportive exercise in that program that I'll offer you now was to look at a list of values and just pick three. Pick three that would be supportive during this particular season, during this particular thing that was going on. And in my case, that was a wholesale rearrangement of my work life. So I looked down that list and I picked three. And the ones I picked were optimism, grace, and acceptance. So I just want you to know that sometimes these aspirational values are not always like achievement, robustness, leadership, or loyalty, love, justice. Sometimes they can be quite quiet. It's your levering up. It's your situation. So choose whatever supports you best. I hope you found the 5 and 5 interesting, but mostly I hope you found it useful for thriving in the modern world of work. If you think I could help your organization thrive, visit me at lisaatkins.com. But here's the tricky part. You have to know how to spell it. It's L-Y-S-S-A-A-D-K-I-N-S.com. 